0: Welcome to It Takes a Village, a podcast for parents of teenagers. You're not alone, and here we equip you with ideas and resources to help you walk confidently in your role as the primary discipler in your child's life. This podcast is hosted by the youth ministry staff at First Baptist Church Arlington. And that includes Kirk Crodel, our youth pastor, Tanner Watson, our guys minister, and me, Chelsea, our girls minister. We hope that this is a valuable resource to you because it really does take a village.
1: All right. Hey, welcome back. It is the It Takes a Village podcast. I'm here with. Two of my really close friends today, excited about this conversation we're gonna have. Always um, good to
0: be here. And
1: welcome, welcome, welcome. Hey, welcome to the studio David Butts.
0: David hey, Butts.
1: Hey, look at that with the sound effects! Wow, Good work, Chelsea, impressive. Hey, well, um, Chelsea met David. I don't know, seven and a half years ago, I guess. That's right. And uh, I met David um, going uh, over fourteen years yeah. ago, going wow. on fifteen years ago. I uh, actually met David in the. Um, one day, I was sneaky when I was coming in talking, mm-hmm. you know, about coming here and got in an elevator with David. And David invited me to go to lunch. And he didn't <laughs> have a clue who I was, I don't think, but he was just wow, really friendly. Just a friendly and I remember person. that. I was like, okay, well, that's good. So then I went back, checked the website to be like, who was that guy? And uh, I was like, oh, that's their children's minister. That's cool. So, David, tell us what you do here at our church. And um, yeah, what. What, what's Who your you are. Yeah,
2: Yeah. well, I don't just dock in the elevator all the time waiting <laughs> okay. lunch with, but I actually— If uh, you wait I, long enough, yeah, someone will say somebody yes. Somebody will say you <laughs> especially don't if I'm paying. Yeah. <laughs> so, no, I actually have been here for going on 21 years at First Baptist as the children's minister, wow. working with first through sixth graders. So it's been a great, great opportunity to watch— the, them grow up through my ministry and wow. then on into the Man. the youth ministry and then go on, and some of them are bringing their babies mm. to oh church now, which is <laughs> really an incredible thing. So that's awesome.
0: That is the so, beauty yeah, of uh, really longevity well, in longevity, ministry. Yeah, <laughs> it plays off, doesn't it? <laughs> it, it Generational. Is
1: awesome. What about how long, David, have you been in children's ministry overall? Because well, you, you were doing it a long time before you got here.
2: Well, that's true. I've been— uh, I mean, now that you're
1: 35 exactly yeah started young
2: it's incredible how that works but the math just doesn't add up but (laughs) it is uh i'm i was trying to count up i started out of seminary uh full-time in 91. okay so it's been a couple years that's a few years that's full-time uh but before that i was doing uh, (laughs) 32 years that's just been in full-time and then before that working in churches and and actually, even before seminary, I was here as an intern wow. in the children's ministry. So had a long history See, with this yeah.
0: church. Yeah, you've got a little experience. A
1: little with bit. Kids. Yeah. yeah, a little. So, so <laughs> you're starting <laughs> to get warmed up in children's ministry is What you're saying? Starting to break the ground. Okay, good. Yeah, a That's little right. bit. Yeah. Tell us about your family. You know, if you can change the names to to, to protect, uh, the protect the, innocent. the innocent, <laughs> innocent, if you'd like. <laughs> yeah. If your family'd uh, rather not, they're be in a witness program, to this. protection <laughs> program right
2: now. Uh, we we are blessed, uh, Lori and I. Have been married for 37 years, and uh, we are very blessed to to have um, two daughters who are now married and uh, and living in the Metroplex area. So we have our youngest daughter Madison living very close uh, uh, with her, Uh, and Ben live in Manit and Mansfield, and our oldest daughter Danica, her and her husband Kyle, and our granddaughter live in Keller and. We have another granddaughter on the way, so we are very blessed. The best. Uh, It's awesome. Let me just tell you.
1: well how about this chelsea tell me something good as we like to start off our podcast with what what, what do you have this week
0: something good. i don't know if it's going to sound good to you but um we uh, sorry nobody else in my house i've gotten into this um cleaning organization kick this last week or so lots of like getting rid of things that we don't need clearing Mm. out old baby clothes that we are done with and sharing them with people who will wear them um Getting rid of like baby equipment. I don't know if you know. When you have small children, they just take over your home.
1: Oh my um, yeah. And
0: so yes, there are things that we're done with, that are moving out, and it just feels so fresh and clean, and a little a little spring cleaning, if you will. Mm. And okay. uh, that's been really nice.
1: Do you ever look back and find pictures or video or something from your home before you had yes. kids? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> like, like because we oh we moved gosh. into our house uh, fourteen years ago and uh and we did not have children then mm-hmm. they were on their way Our yep. this was on his way but uh, we used to look back at things you're like oh my gosh our house was so clean it was yeah. so all of our oh, bedding our was, like was so white
0: nice. like crisp white <laughs> sheets and then we're like we need dot we need like brown <laughs> <laughs> that you're not going to be able to see anything whatever
1: what yeah, exactly. everything is brown we're yeah. going to Earth's a brown Jones. palette in our <laughs> home so we've
2: moved from preschool children's furniture to adult furniture now, and mm. now with grandchildren, bring like, back. Oh, revisit.
1: back The little tykes cozy yeah, coo, oh gosh, it's back. Everywhere. That's exactly right. Yeah. If you'd have just kept it all, see, Chelsea, used to hang on to it. No. So you'll be able to use it again <laughs> one day. Yeah. What about you, David? What's something good you have for us?
2: Well, something good is uh, we had something at our house this weekend, so I had to it started off not good because I had to pull a bunch of weeds oh. in our backyard <laughs> oh. to get the backyard looking good. And uh, there were so many weeds in our fire pit where it had grown up through rock. I don't know how weeds grow in rock, but they do. And so I pulled up all those, and I went out there uh, yesterday and this morning again, and it's like, it looks really nice. Man. It looks nice to look at actually what the ground is supposed to look like instead of just a bunch of weeds. So, yeah, that's really good. I was going to say,
1: you need to come to my house, but I guess I need to have something at my house yeah. that forces my hand right. Because, mm-hmm. you know, it's all starting That'll to grow right. and you're like, oh all wow, right. the weeds are here. The grass isn't. But the well, weeds the, are bad. Yeah,
2: the backyard, the, what's green is weeds. So, it keeps that's, it yeah. from being it's just a spot. bunch of brown right, right now. But it's starting to turn mm-hmm. green. So. Mm. <laughs>
0: wow. Corona, what about you?
1: Hey, I had a fun experience this weekend. I like tinkering with stuff and and, uh, and sometimes i always tell people like hey don't ever like change your like you work on your car let's see if it's something we can pull off so I was changing brakes this weekend actually with tanner he who's he was not here on the podcast today but um but we were changing tanner's brakes and you know my my folks have passed away in the last couple of years and so one of the things that um, my dad uh, could do anything and everything it felt like with his hands and so we didn't take vehicles to the shop, uh, you know, to a mechanic. Yes. Dad was our mechanic. <laughs> so, I had every tool under the sun, and so m- most of those tools probably are now in my garage, and as well as his really great, like, air compressor. Ooh. So, this weekend was the first time I've changed brakes with the pneumatic tools. Oh, my goodness, y'all. Oh, wow. Well. It was awesome. A lot of uh, a lot of NASCAR references. Yeah. Uh, Tanner and I <laughs> felt like we were like in a NASCAR pit team. Uh, we're slower than I think those guys mm, are, but they probably, probably. practice. They so, do. So, so yeah, that so was the, like it the was just garage
0: uh, opening. Yeah, soon. we're back again. So uh,
1: you know, Carlos and I, we, we do a lot of work together. But uh, Tanner and I are maybe we venturing out on our hey. own now, and cheating on Carlos. That's don't, awesome. I heard tell Carlos Montoya, if you're listening. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it, and really, what it was for me, it was just kind of this sweet moment like a lot of that stuff has been in mm. my garage and I just haven't touched it because uh, it's still just you know it's a yeah. it's yeah. a tender spot sure. for me and so just to get that stuff out and use this stuff it was fun mm. Saturday and you know I didn't even cry when I pulled out the uh, the air gun to <laughs> pull yeah. the tires off so it was cool it was fun and uh it's just some tires, sweet memories really of my dad
2: yeah discount tires hiring so yeah know. I thought you know <laughs> maybe, maybe it, the weekend a backup something plan. That, yeah <laughs> <laughs> when just I
1: grow kidding. up yeah, yeah. <laughs> So,
0: Colonel, what are we talking about today? Wow,
1: man. Well, at what point do we put the disclaimer in? Was this, <laughs> yeah, is this let a me, good spot?
0: <laughs> to our dear listeners, today we are going to be talking about sex and using anatomical body parts. And so we just want to make you aware of that if you have little ones in the room or if there's other things that you want to take mm, steps for before yeah, listening to this. Off.
1: Again, nothing... Yeah, we're just going to be, yeah. yeah. yeah and thanks so. for
2: inviting me for, for my first podcast. Yeah. Surprise, <laughs> David.
1: Uh, sorry, we, didn't, we told you we were talking about something else. Yeah. We sprung this yeah. No, I'm just kidding. Well, well here, and yeah. here's the deal, Chelsea. Like I've said, from the time I started working with students, that was in the mid-90s when I was really just, just barely not a teenager when I got my first job in youth ministry. Um, I immediately began to have parents ask the question, really, the question was this, like, how do I keep my kids from having sex? Mm. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. And so uh, that's kind of where all this started. So, you know, back in that day, True Love Waits had not, you know, was still pretty new. Mm-hmm. Like, we really were kind of living in the church, uh, that kind of purity cultures. So there's mm-hmm. some great things came from that. There's also some problematic things, I think, that came from that. Yeah and uh and, and some challenges i think that it creates at times um not you know a, a healthy sexual um, understanding and biblical sexual understanding but but just some of the the ways some of that kind of you of maybe went awry in some some areas but yeah. we've been through all that stuff like mm-hmm. you know like we had weekends like like mm-hmm. uh, kind of d now type retreat weekends where it was mm-hmm. the focus was on that and Remaining pure and parents giving, you know, the the promise rings mm-hmm. and all those sorts of things, yep. which again inherently aren't bad, but but um, I think some of the challenge of like so many things, I think the model of youth ministry, and we've talked about this a lot, David, over the last five or mm-hmm. six years, that for so many years, the church, I believe, kind of sit without necessarily saying it, but implied at least, hey, if you'll send your kids to us. Mm-hmm we'll fix them, we'll raise them up, we'll make them just faithful followers of Jesus, and then we'll send them back to you. Um, and so we were trying to take a lot of those things on rather than really trying to help families walk through the conversation. And so, mm-hmm. you know, when I got here in 09, David and I began quickly to have conversation about some things that we were doing and how we kind of, part of it's just the transition from mm-hmm. children's ministry to youth ministry in some ways that we wanted to, to just do that differently. And, and try to maybe make that a smoother transition. One of the things was, you know, David was the one initiating some of the conversation about sexuality with children in children's ministry. And then came to me at one point and said, hey, as I think about this, I feel like maybe this really is a conversation you guys should be right. having because you're doing life these mm-hmm. next six mm-hmm. six years with these kids. Right. Yeah. Um, I realized quickly it was a sham and he totally uh, tricked <laughs> me into having these conversations with our kids. And Too so late I've thrown away I'm all like, those books. Oh man. Continue doing it, so. <laughs> so I actually found a few weeks ago I found my original notes for my first, <gasps> wow. first weekend. It was pretty funny. The archives. But uh, yeah, it's there's some interesting things. but now now we're having that conversation really as students come in. That's right. that in a sense is the first conversation yeah. we're having with students. It's not yeah, just it's, about
0: sex. Welcome right. to youth ministry. Yeah, yeah, here we are. Let's talk about let's sex. This yeah. thing off. So, <laughs> uh,
1: you know, one of the probably the most obvious thing I've learned about that, but over my 26 plus years in youth ministry overall, is that typically families just simply are not having the conversation about sexuality or about sex right. with their kids. They're, yeah, it, you know. And I've said, if I could offer an educated guess based on my time here since 2009, Mm -hmm. that easily 90 plus percent of our families are not having the conversations with their kids, mostly at all, particularly before they come into seventh grade. Now, maybe they're having that afterwards.
0: Maybe. But
1: my my guess is probably not. Mm -hmm. Um, On the flip side of that, my educated guess would tell you that uh, probably at least 90 percent of our students, 90 plus percent of our students, are already having conversations about sex and sexuality long before they get to seventh grade. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. um, so more and more I just realized, like, you know, they're going to their friends, they're hearing things at school, um, and, and and there's a lot of funny things we could share. I, I keep we, – we have a way we ask for questions at Merge, have students <laughs> write on a piece of paper. They all have matching paper and pens and everything. They wad them up, throw them in the center of the room, and we keep the best of – Every year, because they are some of the, the there's some yeah. hilarity that I, comes with it.
0: I love that the guys are so open and curious <laughs> because the girls are like, please don't look at me. Please don't oh. talk to me. <laughs> they are mortified.
2: You're exactly right. Yeah.
0: Uh,
1: it's right. awesome. But really, that's today we want to talk about what those conversations might look like. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and we're not going to tell you what the conversation needs to be, sure. but just how do we frame that? What does it look like? What are some things we need to consider? And maybe then, some, what are some resources that we could offer our families? to help engage in this. And part of this bringing David in because we're having questions, even Mm -hmm. a a lot of times we're getting questions from people like David's getting these questions from his folks in his Mm -hmm. area and we are in our area. And so, because it's not a conversation that begins when your student hits puberty or becomes a teenager or walks into youth ministry. So I think that's where, that's where we're going.
0: Okay. So before you start (laughs) having these conversations with your child, what should we expect?
1: Um, the word I would use is awkward. Mm-hmm. Is that fair, David?
2: Sure. Yeah, it's not something that I think any parent says. All right, now I'm ready to talk Let's about. Let's go. It. <laughs> great. Yeah, but a, a lot of times it's it, it's just fear is and mm-hmm. uh, it, it, is you're confronted with when that first question, and so it's it's a it's awkward, and it I would say be make sure you're listening uh, to expect. Because you don't know what the question really is so don't go down a road that mm. the that the question's not even been asked so mm. but being ready uh at that point so it's just going to be awkward and yeah. re- recognize that i agree with that
1: you know I, i've only again david you've walked through this with two of your children we we're, were just kind of in the process in, in process with one and now our second i'm about to begin the conversation more intentionally with our youngest who's uh who's nine who just Mm -hmm. turned nine but um and and again this is it's a long conversation but uh, i've said i've never had a conversation at merge weekend where i wasn't just really nervous i've not had a conversation about any of this stuff with my kids that i'm not really nervous and at times i've come to david and say hey here's a specific thing i need i feel like i need to talk about with my son and so uh, I'm just nervous about that, and and honestly, I've never talked to another parent that didn't have the same, right? You know, weren't the same yeah. situation. So, uh, part of this, just realizing like sexuality is a very private and intimate thing, and mm-hmm. so there are very few conversations we have about very private and intimate things that aren't uncomfortable. Sure. Even, and I would say, you know, I was listening to a podcast last week, um, a, a marriage podcast, and they were talking about that, that how difficult and challenging even in the marriage relationship, to have these conversations. It's not even comfortable then. Right. So if right. you can't, if you're if you're struggling to have these conversations at times mm-hmm. with your spouse, well, mm-hmm. yeah, well, why wouldn't you with your child? But let me ask you this, David. Yep. Uh, I can tell you mine. Like, did you all have conversations, Chelsea, David, did you all have conversations with your parents about sex, sexuality growing up?
2: I did. I remember mine. Uh, I, I went and asked my dad some questions I'd had about what I'd heard at school and everything else, and he gave me a book. And that was the end of our conversation. Okay. And so uh, I I knew back then, well, not back then, but I knew when I got older, that's not the kind of conversation I wanna have with my kids is just here, read yeah. this. Uh, because uh, in reality, you, there's a lot for them to read and a lot to see and we want to make sure that they have the right information Yeah, and uh, mm-hmm. to, to think that your kids aren't getting it, like you said a while ago Kurt they're bombarded with it That's right. and mm-hmm. you can't turn on the TV without we're so our culture is so over sexualized yeah. and everything is so I think I think making sure that we have a, a safe place for them to have conversation mm-hmm. which which I, I wanted to make sure that w- we did for our kids. We did the best we could at that point. But yeah. but my conversation with my dad was, here's your book. And yeah. it, was, it was a child life, it, one of those child life encyclopedias mm-hmm. yeah, that's what I was gonna mm-hmm. get. Yeah, I was just looking for pictures. So I was just saying.
1: Yeah,
0: I read a lot okay, in yeah. like middle school. Junior, how old, we had intermediate school for fourth and fifth grade, and I picked up um, "Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret," which mm. talks a lot about y- getting your period and all of that. But I didn't know what it was, and so that yeah. ignited a conversation okay. with my mom. Um, and then they followed up with another conversation. I think hmm, when I was in the sixth grade. Yeah. Yeah, it was um, it was a reaction to a, a bad it. situation. Got
1: it. Yeah. Where
0: they really needed to explain some things, but. Um, I don't think they had a conversation with my sister though I'm pretty mm. sure I explained everything okay. to her yeah. so I think that we happens the with the younger so yeah, siblings point, yeah. Yeah. but we were like riding the school bus at that point and I was like you need to know what they're talking about <laughs> like wow. yeah. and how to respond because
1: yeah yeah
0: don't encourage it you know that kind of thing
1: mine was my senior year in high school no uh, <laughs> yeah I was sitting <laughs> at the uh, at the bar which was kind of the way our kitchen was built like this the the, the, the the stovetop <laughs> and then extended the counter beyond that and there's a bar and so I'm sitting there my mom's cooking breakfast and a friend uh, of ours had gotten pregnant and a friend of mine in, in high okay. school got pregnant and she looked at me and said you know how that happens right and I was like huh and she said don't do it cuz you don't want to be in that situation and that's literally the extent of any conversation I ever have with my, my wow. parents about about sexuality so yeah that's that's kind of like that David for me yeah. it's like well yeah. I'm not about to leave Mike because I know where I yeah. got my information exactly. right. I, I remember beginning so, yeah. that conversation in sixth grade yeah. at mm-hmm. a at a camp out I say mm-hmm. that's the that's the first memory I have of it and I had no idea what these guys were talking about right. um, but I thought they seemed to be experts Absolutely. and in sixth grade oh man. you really are uh, the, <laughs> the knowledge is some, it's pretty amazing <laughs> <you> know, <laughs> based on what we find out at merge. Yeah. So it's like, oh, yeah. this is not good. So that's so.
0: the question, like, why is it important yeah. to have this conversation? Yeah. Yeah. And, it, I mean, it's that. <laughs> like we're that's the, right. We're the examples of it.
1: Yeah, because really it's our it's our responsibility, but it's I would say it's just a privilege. And mm-hmm. I think that's part of the understanding for this. It's a privilege we have as parents. And it's a scary it's, privilege. And, it, and I know it's scary because mm-hmm. part of it, it's just like, you know, I say, like, sharing my faith. I, I've been following Jesus since 1987, and it's still... Mm-hmm. Nerve-wracking, you know, because yeah. mm-hmm. I always still think, what if they ask a question and I don't know how right. to answer it? Right. Same thing here, I feel exactly. like. You know, like I think there's a lot of that fear, like we don't know if we're going to say the right thing or say mm-hmm. the wrong thing. Yeah. Um, but part of that, like it really is, it, it's just best if that's the role of the parent. And again, we talked about this earlier, the sixth-grade retreat, kind of how we change right. and address that. Um,
2: you know, and I think, Kurt, when we, we started that, it wasn't to say, hey, we're going to take – this because parents aren't doing it. That yeah. wasn't the goal of, of doing it. It was really more of a partnership and we're gonna try to make sure that we let you as parents know we're gonna, we're, they're gonna hear some of the same things and have an opportunity to share with them. But but the be- best thing is to have those conversations mm-hmm. at home. And mm-hmm. and uh, and it's not that we're taking that role away right. from parents. That's yeah. not the goal at all. Never. Uh, but the fact is uh, hearing the right things what the, the real purpose of what sex is, what God's purpose is, coming from different sources is always better for your child, not yeah. mm-hmm. just from. Oh, from like,
0: don't so. you love oh that when they're like, oh yeah, Mr. David said that. And I've been telling you this for three, That's exactly three years, right. but yeah. it clicked when yeah. Mr. David said it. Yeah.
1: <laughs> that is so true. And, it, you yeah. know, I think part of that, realizing from the seats that we sit in, mm-hmm. a part of this is every conversation we have with our students and with our families we want that to come out of a biblical foundation okay. basis mm-hmm. you know so it's not just the sexual conversation but really about everything we're talking about we want to help provide the biblical the biblical basis for our students to have an understanding if we say the word of god is the truth and we're going to build our life around that and that really is where the standards of our life come from well that that needs to be a part of everything but certainly and like you mentioned earlier david like in a, such a, a sexually driven um, culture, like the, the culture is gonna talk about it. You turn mm-hmm. on the TV, you turn on the radio, they're gonna be talking about it. And so it's happening around them. And so mm-hmm. a part of this is helping us um, just to make sure that we're able to communicate and we want to be able to be the ones communicating. Again, going back, like again, for me, starting sixth grade, mm-hmm. I remember vividly like some of the things in my mind of like, Oh, and being em- really embarrassed right. because mm-hmm. what I thought things meant right. did not mean that. Mm-hmm. And I never like, you know, I never got busted. Right. You know, like sure. I said something and somebody right. was like, you're an idiot. Um, but I remember thinking in my head like, oh, I thought this is what that was talking about. It's not. And I and I felt very just uncomfortable, mm-hmm. but I didn't feel like I could go to my parents, you know. And I think that's a big part of this. And, right. and some of it we keep saying, David, you mentioned this earlier, like, the, the earlier, the better. Now, mm-hmm. and, I, and I would just say yeah. right now, if you're a, you're a parent of a teenager listening to this, and these are not conversations that you've had yet, it is never too late to start. Exactly. But in looking at, at families in your ministry, especially, David, like the earlier we begin this conversation, the healthier that's going to be. Because mm-hmm. really, at some level, you're having these conversations early, whether maybe you even realize right. it or not. Yeah. yeah. Right? Right. Mm-hmm. So – uh, by starting the conversation early, you know,
0: even with preschoolers. Yeah. So so, we we have a three year -year old at home. Yes. So particularly like when we started potty training and when we've talked about, um, safety and things like that. We cover all the principles like we use the anatomical names for our bodies because right. I want my daughter to be safe and I want her to be able to articulate if something happens. Exactly
2: right. But you um, also want her to know that God created us yes. sexual beings. I mean he mm-hmm. did and he so did. that's a healthy uh, knowledge and for mm-hmm. her to grow up.
0: Yes. And it is funny because I did go to a birthday party and the uh, one of the moms was like, oh my gosh, my son came home saying this word. <laughs> and I was like, well, he has a penis. Yeah, like yeah, I I've uh, taught my child that word. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it yeah. is. Um, so anyway, but yeah, so we talk about body parts. We talk about who has them and where they are and that they are private. They're just for us. We don't mm-hmm. show other people those things. Right. We don't yeah. look at other people's private parts. Um, and we talk about Uh, body consent we've used the word Mm -hmm. consent and what that means but basically it's you know if you don't want to hug somebody you don't have to you just say no and so we'll always offer a high five or a wave or something instead but starting early with that I think really builds on the importance of having autonomy and being Mm -hmm. able to say no to things that you don't want Um, and that includes at family functions when it's awkward and like she doesn't want to hug grandma Um, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: but we try to respect it and we try to we'll blow kisses or whatever instead Um, so those principles can start really early we got a book on safety because she was scaring me and running out into the road um which i think is normal but um but it talks a lot about what's like what's okay and if you're in a public restroom we always close the door and things like that which has helped us have some good conversations and we have this this is how we stay safe chant and so as a preschooler that's where we're starting we're not being like hey, we're going to teach you the, the mechanics of intercourse right now. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. that's not where yeah, we are. Right but age appropriately, yeah. we talk about those kind of things.
1: What about, David, just from your experience in, in talking to parents maybe who, you know, because part of this, I realize, like, if if you're listening to this podcast, it, it may be because you're a part of our – you've got students in our youth ministry, but so many of our families also have children in your ministry or in right. our preschool ministry, but – what does that look like as they get older and just kind of the age appropriate side of that for, for how you kind of help navigate with parents in that regard?
2: Well, I think you said it a while ago very well that any conversation is going to be awkward, Yeah. but the, the ways, one of the ways to make it a little less awkward, especially if you haven't had those conversations before is, is just creating an environment for your kids to be, feel like they can talk to you about anything mm-hmm. and that you're not. Just okay. Now let's sit down, and we're going to talk about this. Yeah. And 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 want the uh, an opportunity for them to feel like they are able to ask questions, and uh, and that you're able to answer them for what they're asking, and not be uh, uh, shaming them in any way for asking a question, yeah. mm-hmm. or giving them the all these. Uh, lecture on how you're supposed to be safe and all that kind of. You, mm. uh, like Kel- Chelsea, you said about being safe. Those are great. You're building mm-hmm. on that because that's for further conversation down the road. Right. It's, Lucy's going to be able to share more with you because mm-hmm. you've already prov- uh, made a groundwork. And I think
0: hope so. <laughs> that,
2: yeah. And and I think what happens is is those conversations come out of opportunities, not just. Okay, we're yeah. tonight on Thursday night. Be ready. We're going right. to talk about this. Bring your dinner in. We're going to and and so what you're going to uh, what you have is just when things come up, listen to your kids. Mm-hmm. Take the opportunity when something comes up, when they see something, when they hear something, that you can kind of take from that conversation and go with it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one of the best conversations we had ever. Uh, so many the awkward conversations came about and driving in the car, yeah, mm-hmm. and so that uh, our girls are in different time period because uh, we didn't have the phones where you could be and anything yeah, no. and everything, and they can be just you totally were just
0: stuck. Yeah, they, oh, they're
2: they, you're you're really actually looking out the window or having a conversation. Right. And so when they were in the back seat, especially, uh, they would ask a lot of questions, mm-hmm. and we're not staring eye to eye, mm-hmm. we're not looking, and so they were a little bit more free to open up and ask questions and Mm -hmm. so uh and they didn't get to see your shock look on your face either so that was kind of a good (laughs) thing. and so but it it gave an opportunity for them to feel like they could ask uh and then you could just share Mm
1: -hmm.
2: without being and and try not to be too wordy you know Mm. too much which is always a thing for me uh that i have to come work on but but being uh trying to give too much information just let them take what they they'll ask more questions mm-hmm. if yeah. they want to hear more
1: so yeah. it's a good word
0: you know i grew up in the country uh, you too crotal mm, yeah. yeah and i we we had a lot of animal observations oh there you go we'd be like what's <laughs> happening yeah. our parents would be like well <laughs> Yeah. Okay, for They're animals, hubby. that's how that <laughs> yeah. works. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I, w- I would appreciate when they weren't just like, look away. like right. yeah. Don't worry about it. Yeah. When they were like, well, this is what's happening. They're sure. like, oh, oh, we need to get out of here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Give them some privacy.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, get a room. <laughs> but
0: yeah, if you have pets, get a
1: pasture.
0: <laughs> that could potentially be a conversation starter. Yeah, because
1: <laughs> so often, like, isn't that where so many of these conversations about particularly difficult things yeah. show up? When you see something, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. when you're you're watching a television show or right. you're in a movie and you may didn't read the parent guide and you're like, oh, I didn't realize that was going to be in oh, here. Right. So yes. many conversations yeah. for our family, that's mm-hmm. exactly how they come up. And so I think part of that is just seizing the opportunity, you know, because right. there are times like something comes up and you realize like, do I need to address it? Yeah, why not? Like, like mm-hmm. it's kind of introduced itself for exactly. you. So just take advantage of that. but. Um, Again, I think, you know, part of it, the longer you put it off, the more awkward it's going to be. Here's the other thing, y'all, is I think, and I I was telling Chelsea this earlier, David, like in in a lot of things I've read over the last couple weeks, it seems like more and more, and it's not just this conversation, but I've read probably 10 different people say something similar to this. Like, if you're not going to allow, if you're not going to help create the conversation, make sure it happens. Then whether you intend it or not, oftentimes it communicates to your children that that's not a you're not a safe person to exactly. talk about fill in the blank with right. mm-hmm. that's a taboo subject. Yeah, mm-hmm. and exactly. so I would tell you that was my experience growing up. Like right. my parents never yep. brought it up. We ignored right. it. We you know like we didn't mm-hmm. say anything. They didn't say anything. And so I never I never felt like that was a safe place. Like that's I exactly. I couldn't ask my parents that. And so right. if we're not if we're not initiating some of these things and we're just waiting for them to bring it to us most of the some kids they're they're going to come to you mm-hmm. um you yeah. know but yep i can m- think
0: of a few. <laughs> most kids
1: like you know they're probably not and so if they're That's not true. asking you they're eventually probably going to ask someone right mm-hmm. and so part of this is just making sure you're creating safe space to mm-hmm. have dialogue and for your kids to have dialogue so well
2: what, and they're if they're not asking i'll just say if they're not not asking you and they're not asking somebody else, they're going to look on the internet. And that is just not a safe place to find uh, information that -hmm. that is helpful. Right. And so uh, they may get a lot of information, but it's not helpful. And so uh, we want them to make sure that they have a place where Mm -hmm. they can go. And and that's where the partnership at church works Mm -hmm. really well.
1: Can we ask you this, David, do you mind sharing a little bit, even maybe about your experience as a dad with girls, sure. kind of what it yeah. looked like. You know, again, my, we're entering this world. I've got, you know, a 13-year-old and younger. Yeah. But you've walked through it as a father. Now you've got, you know, grown right. girls. But what did that look like for you and Lori?
2: Well, it, it was, it, you know, just like you said, every every child and every parent's different in mm-hmm. this circumstance. are different. And even within a family, the children are different. We had two girls, and, and their responses were, were different. Uh, we had one that... Ask a little bit more questions, and uh, and to both Lori and I, and felt comfortable. Yeah. Uh, another one of our do- one of our daughters was much more comfortable to going just to mom, mm-hmm. and yeah. and not really wanting to talk to dad about that. Mm-hmm. And so, which is perfectly fine. And mm-hmm. I didn't need to push my way into a conversation that right. that, that was going to make everything more awkward. And so, uh, but at the same time, I wanted to make sure that that I was available. We didn't have the, uh, the same kind of conversations with each other, but we did have conversations. And so yeah. some of those came out uh, to where uh, we, we, just the, one of our daughters and the three of us were sitting uh, in the parking lot uh, about to go into um, interha- the IHOP and uh, we just did, and then and all of a sudden we get asked. so. How does all this work where do babies come from in the back seat so we <laughs> then we were like okay we're in the front seat she's in the back seat and uh we went through uh, a little discussion and talk and she um was kind of s- just asking some more questions it, it it was not feeling pressure but it was a pretty much of a shock to her mm-hmm. and so uh but at the same time mm-hmm. we were able to to, you, you never know where those conversations are going to pop up. Yeah. So the, I think the part, like you said, making it taboo is also even if you have the opportunity, take it right there. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. if we, I think even if we said, you know what, we'll talk about this when we get those, You may not get the same kind of opportunity yeah. later. And so yeah, capitalizing on that. the moment cool uh, was uh, was when we took advantage of it. And, and it was an extremely... Um, It was a positive conversation but it also set even more groundwork for the opportunity for her to come talk to us Mm -hmm. about anything yeah and and we did have that uh, uh, continue that relationship and and our other daughter was just more private about it Mm -hmm. and so and that's okay because you want to respect that as Mm -hmm. well
0: so, yeah, I feel important. like that's so encouraging that you don't you don't need to have a, a presentation prepared yeah. and scheduled yeah. that you yeah. can really have organic conversations that just build on each other yeah. And, yeah. and build on that foundation of trust
2: and 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 not making it into something it's not just mm-hmm. be factual mm-hmm. you yeah. know like yeah. you said when you're using real words mm-hmm. to not right. not describing body parts as something else mm-hmm. but use the words that that God. Or that we have them as described biologically. So mm-hmm. we we yeah. want to do that. So we're not confusing them or making them feel mm-hmm. uh, in, in any way. Uh, it's it's this is this is not something that we're teaching that the world has given. God's given us this, right. and That's so right. we want them yeah. to to have that uh, understanding and and to to use it uh, use their knowledge properly.
1: Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've said there, there are not many benefits of walking through infertility. You yeah. know we had took a mm-hmm. little, just long journey having children. Uh, one of the benefits is when you sit in as many doctors' offices as we have or reproductive <laughs> endocrinologists yeah. as we have, uh, you learn a lot of things, right. and so it helps in this regard when I'm talking to students or to my kids, because mm-hmm. I'm like, man, I can draw you some diagrams. Yeah, and, and yeah. This is, yeah you Professor Krodal like, comes yeah, out man, and merged. I will lay out the <laughs> uh, the biology. You know, here's here's just the way our bodies are built, and so that's for us. Um, you know, we've tried to have kind of similar conversations as they were younger, and and part of that even you know the consent and who's able to see here, and mm-hmm. we've talked about like when you go to a doctor's office, and you know and, mm-hmm. and you know, for our doctor, this is these are things. But there's going to be a nurse. There's going to be we're right. going to be present. You know, there's some of those things from the, their mm-hmm. young ages, and then as they just grow up and are like, you know, bathing when they were tiny, sure. and we could put our in you know, our youngest or 14 months apart. Well, we're you know they oh, jump yeah. in the bath together, right. and mm-hmm. you know, and 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 there was no issue with that. But then there came a point we're going okay. There's enough right. understanding here that, okay, mm-hmm. they need to shower or bathe separately. And then even, okay, boys, you know, our understanding, our our house, like, you know, our, our daughter's door is closed. You always knock before you go in. Mm-hmm. And part of that just to honor her privacy. But for us, third grade was kind of where we've had the, the begun the really more intentional conversations with them, with our son, right. our oldest. And I'll do this later this year with my youngest. But we, we went to breakfast one morning and just... Just talked about how our bodies are built and how uh, women's bodies are made Mm -hmm. and just how the Lord kind of created us and and didn't didn't talk about the act of where do babies come from right but what happens in a woman's body and how the the combination Mm -hmm. of you know what the 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 male provides is a part of that Mm -hmm. Um, and just how all that physiologically well not the active part of it but how sure. it all happens yeah. within sure. a woman's body right. and why you know what happens happens for our daughter you know my wife uh, they went and just had a weekend yeah. and went away because part of that just preparing to make sure that you know there was no surprise one day at school when right. she started her menstrual cycle right. and so they just went and had this conversation and teresa had books and things that they kind of walked through but it just opened up this conversation to show her some things about what's going to happen and mm-hmm. here's how we respond to those and here's mm-hmm. how we need to prepare for that yeah um, and so that was kind of the beginning also of some of that sexual conversation as well for her in, in the similar way that that we had with our oldest so yeah but now we're having different conversations with our oldest because mm-hmm. of things i'm hearing or things mm-hmm. he's hearing and so there are times like for him he only wants to talk to me about this Right. You know, and so, mm-hmm. um, and our daughter, she only wants to talk to mom about that. Yeah. Now, our youngest will probably talk to any and everybody about right. it. You know? <laughs> yeah. It's just his personality. <laughs> and, I, and I realize, like, if you're listening to this and you're a single parent, it looks different for it you does. in a way. Mm-hmm. But, but in, you know, but it's still um, a part of that navigating how you handle that. And, and I would say, you know, if you're a single parent, you're probably the one that your child's leaning to anyway, right? right. So it's not you have to bring in a doctor right. or bring in, a, you know, some some coach. But there may be times where you find who are those trusted people. Mm-hmm. And I'm telling you, this is a space that they have to be really trustworthy and trusted mm-hmm. from where they're going to come from this. But I think there may be times where you just ask, hey, can you walk alongside this with my child? Because there may be some things here he may not be comfortable, she may not be comfortable, you know, sharing with me. Mm-hmm. but. Right. Yeah. Again, um, it's just an important thing. And, and part of it is it's not like we're going to have the talk. All right, exactly. sit down. Right. This is what we're going to do. Yeah. It. Like it just needs to be ongoing right. to yes. create that space so that your kids hopefully are willing to ask you um, or for you to kind of open the door to be like, hey, is there anything you need to, mm-hmm. I need to explain or you need to explain to me? And sometimes right. I think it's, you know, I go to my, my oldest and say, hey, what does this mean? I heard this <laughs> yeah. phrase or whatever. <laughs> and sometimes I've found that's helped him. To laugh at me and make fun of me mm-hmm. being old but also it's there have been a couple of times at least where it's usually on the way to school where he's like okay dad let me ask you this and um and so that has helped us some but mm. you know and we we could talk all day probably about this but, yeah
0: well um, okay from your experience as as dads and ministers how do you approach this conversation in a way that doesn't frame sex as something that's like bad or dirty yeah. or gross yeah um because we don't believe that about it. That's right. So, so what do you do?
1: Yeah.
2: Well, uh, thanks for looking at me first. Yeah, that's <laughs> why I, like, I looked yeah. at
1: you going, oh, man, please, David, jump well, in. I, I
2: would say <laughs> I think part of that is to be it, it doesn't start right with the conversation. It mm-hmm. starts way back. Right. It starts yeah. with with um, with giving information but also showing respect to the opposite sex on both mm-hmm. sides. That, that, yeah. That basically, mm-hmm. we're, it's it, I love the fact that you were sharing about uh, Teresa taking uh, your daughter off on a uh, on on a weekend and talking about changes in your body, but but boys need to know about changes in girls' bodies too. That's right. And oh girls need to know about so yeah. that that shows mutual respect and it's respect that God's plan. He created us as sexual beings and and that He has a plan for that. And then and then I just think from a, a standpoint of of being uh, that when we were sharing uh, just my own personal experience when we were sharing with Danica about um uh, when she asked the questions uh, we 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 shared and and her question back to us was y'all do this <laughs> and like which no. is you know was a, a well yeah well yeah Surprise. yeah and so i think that's the part where they can get through the mechanics and okay, okay. True. How does this all work? And then it's like, wait a minute. But they can maybe, in their imagination of the, how this might work, but they can't see our parents. Yeah. But it's That's not fair. just about it's not just about a sexual act. It's about a loving act. Right. and that yeah. a loving relationship between uh, a parents mm-hmm. uh, make make that show that it's not just about a, a sexual... Event. That's a good yeah. point. So. Yeah.
0: yeah, I think one of my favorite merge memories was that Kurt talked to the boys and was explaining to them, like, all the biology and how menstruation works. And they get out, and they walk over to the girls, and they're like, are y'all okay? <laughs> <laughs> like, do y'all need anything? Yeah. <laughs> I thought,
1: Worried about is, their health. I
0: mean, what a different yeah. world if we really all understood what the other was going through. Yeah, that's exactly uh, right. I love and, that.
1: I think part of it, just, again, Again, helping our kids to see sex is not a bad thing All because right. so often we're trying to push away from yeah. things we see culturally or see on TV or hear on the radio or see in movies but it's not like sex is a gift from God it's created exactly. it's a beautiful expression of love and mm-hmm. intimacy and it, and it provides health and relationship it can but but realize it, it can also go off the rails and be devastating it mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. part of that helping them to see both sides of that but I think for for them to hear from us and to try to sense this really is a beautiful thing. And it's a gift from God. But also I think it's just important. How do we talk about sex? What are the jokes? What are things Mm -hmm. we laugh at in our home or things Mm -hmm. that come on TV? We've got to be careful because part of that is honoring our spouse or honoring, you know, men and women, folks of the opposite sex, whatever. And so just how we navigate around Sexual things um, is really important. And, and so many oftentimes just helps us just frame things for our kids in little ways. And, and as you know, you know, like our modeling is so very important. And so just how we talk about things or talk about other people's bodies, even, mm-hmm. um, it's just really important. And I think mm-hmm. some of that, because it, it all ties back together. And so just remembering, like, who are we creating? And who are right. we helping mm-hmm. to raise up in these children? You know, we're not we're not trying to raise kids. We're trying to raise godly men and women. Right. And, and we want them to be very healthy sexually. And goodness, yeah, what I hope for my kids is one of these days they will have a beautifully sexually healthy yeah. relationship with their spouse. Yeah. And, uh, and may God bless and honor that. And may they honor the Lord through that. Mm-hmm. But um, even just... What they see and hear from us is very important.
2: Well, and our reaction to what we see together. That's and right. So I think that's a really important because though we see so many things that we want to turn off. Yes. And and if we show frustration and anger towards what we see on the screen, but rather explain to them why we we see that that's not what they those eyes your eyes need to see right now, and that's no. not what that sex is really about that's a distortion mm-hmm. and yeah. we want you to know that we're protecting you from seeing mm-hmm. those things and in a, in a way because it's not that it's bad sure but it's that's not god's plan because yeah. he has a better plan yeah. Right. so
0: yeah i think those are good opportunities to just push a little bit and be yeah. like you know why do you think that joke was funny yeah like mm-hmm. what do you th- yeah. like who was it who is it making fun of and right. kind of just pushing in a way that makes them think through their own reactions helps us think through our reactions yeah and I think one of the one of the analogies that comes back every time we talk about sex is how it's a lot like fire and that fire is really good very useful we roast s'mores on it we have it in the fireplace Mm -hmm. but when it's outside of the boundaries that contain it safely then it can be really destructive and so in the same way sex is good within the bounds of a marriage Um, but outside of it can be disruptive mm-hmm. exactly in a lot of different right. ways. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, we probably need to uh, <laughs> break, shut down uh, the conversation just yeah. for time. But, again, I, you know, a couple things I would just say. You've just got to continue the conversation. And so part of that is just talking freely and fostering a spirit of openness uh, mm-hmm. with your kids. And, and part of this is to let them know, like, there's no topic that's off limits. Mm-hmm. Again, I think if we – we can't always wait for them because many times they're just, it's, it's too scary, it's too taboo, it's too personal. And so if we'll open the door to these conversations, part of that is opening the door, I think, so that you can leave the door open, yeah. mm-hmm. um, so mm-hmm. that we can just let them know there's nothing that's off limits, there's nothing that's too personal or, or too embarrassing, maybe for, for us to talk with them and we want us to be a safe place as Mm -hmm. parents for them. And so that's a big deal. So again, our hope is this will help you. Um, And again, we'd love to visit with you. Parents, if you've got questions for us or things maybe we can help and and we'll point some resources, but if there's other things, but it's gonna be uncomfortable, it's gonna be scary, uh, but I promise, I believe it's an investment that that you're gonna wanna make and it's gonna help your kids as they grow and mature. And this is one of those legacy things, you know, you think Mm -hmm. of it as just being conversation these are things that have the opportunity to impact generations right. in your family and so what you model and what you kind of set uh, as, as the standard for your kids it's so vastly important what's going on so what about this before we get away resources you guys have anything you want to share um, i'll start off there's a book it's it's um, i think it's an older book I, I don't know it's probably 10 12 years old now but uh, i'll look for my copy today i think it's again one of those that i've had multiple copies. I'm like, mm-hmm. hey, yeah, take this, and then it didn't come back, and I'm, I'm great with that because I understand. Jim Burns, who's a great resource, always a guy to go to, uh, Teaching Your Children Healthy Sexuality is a book I've been telling parents about for a long time, and I think one that will help you with a lot of conversations that come around this topic. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, again, the, the a broad spectrum here on, on sexual uh, health for our kids from a trusted source. Right, you know? yes. Yeah. So.
0: David, did you have a resource to share? That was my resource. That oh, I was so to share with two you. votes, two votes for That's Two thumbs
2: up. I would say, it, and there's tons of resources out of there, and I would mm-hmm. say make sure that that as a parent you're looking at that before you hand it off to your kids, yes, and so that's that, that right. you're knowing what you, you you're know. having them look at, the and, right. and then have an opportunity uh, to to have follow up with them, yeah, over those uh, what what they're what they're looking at, what they're reading, so.
1: Yeah, Jim Burns is one of those guys, I would just tell you, like I always, I, I've never found anything from him that I wouldn't trust. And, and again, we, we point to this often, David and I do. The Parent Q um, is a great resource that has so many blogs, exactly. our articles, right. and I, I did not look specifically this week at their site, but there's probably some stuff out there for you. So, um, man, thanks for being with us today. Chelsea, thanks for yes, of hosting course. us. David, thanks for being with us. Hey, thanks for inviting always. me. We Appreciate love you. It. We're grateful for you and the influence you have. Um, especially on my kids, Chelsea's are, are headed your way. It won't be too long. But um, I said uh, I said 14 years ago, I had to I had to make sure I I kept a job, because part of the reason I didn't want to miss out on my kids having David as their children's minister. Mm-hmm. So. Um, I'm grateful for that. So, hey, just All remember, right. man, th- this is an ongoing thing. And, uh, and and it really does take a village as we uh, walk this journey with our children and as parents. So thanks for being with us today, and we hope this has helped for you.
0: All right. Have a good thanks. one. Bye.